Welcome to the Highway Freaks. We interview musical artists, people in the news, truckers, songwriters, 80s rock bands, or anyone we meet on the road. I'm Bry Guy, your road dog host. And now, J-Man, the Snarl, Motorhead Mark, Wing It Will, Canadian Lady Trucker Janet, and the Pink Bombshell. This is the Highway Freaks, real truckers, real life. Yes, we are definitely real truckers, real life. Welcome to Highway Freaks. I'm Bright Guy, your host. And uh, not more than about an hour ago, we just found out that two of our truck drivers will definitely not be able to make our podcast tonight. Uh, visit number 38. Uh, maybe those damn eights again. They're always bad luck, aren't they, Will? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, me. Yeah, they always seem to be. But uh, yeah, Bruce is uh, had a sudden emergency, and well, our J-Man, the Snarl, he's actually going to be loading at eight o'clock. And that's the thing: we we are the real guys. We're we're out here on the road, and we're doing, you know, what uh, every truck driver does is they they do loads and trips, and you know that's why this uh, you know this podcast is so real because we are coming from different parts. I mean, I'm here in Illinois at a rest stop in Illinois just after the state line and um, you know Will and Janet are both in Calgary, Alberta, Canada and Pink is uh, in her humble abode in uh, uh, Washington, D.C. Right, Pink? That's right. Yeah, there you go. So, so yeah, so I guess we'll just carry on with the show, and maybe Bruce might join us. We're not really sure at this point, but uh, we've got lots of things to talk about. It's been one heck of a week. I guess the big news, obviously, in the States is the insane heat, and Pink can probably attest to this as well. Um, we, uh, I've been in uh, Laredo, Texas, and it was 115 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, today, when I got up in uh, Blystone, uh, Arkansas, Arkansas, it was 109. So that's pretty warm. And now I think I'm sitting at a very comfortable, balmy 88 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's not too bad. Uh, how about you, Pink? What's uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, um, bad news. Um, you know, I've seen this on the on the news uh, a few times now, but there have been this increase of um, car theft in the DMV area. Um, a lot of the the cars that have been vandalized, uh, um, you know, are, are now uh, missing their tires, windows, lights, um, some significant values in their car. I mean, there was this increase um, uh, of these car theft and vandalism in the DMV area. I'm far from that area. Uh, but I'm seeing some of that um, coming, uh, you know, in my area too now. Uh, but you know, it, it does not. That's not a surprise. It's been happening every year. But in the last, say, in the last spring um, into the summer, there is this, uh, you know, increase. And I, I heard that you know, it's they're selling these parts, uh, you know, internationally. Like whatever, either they steal the whole car or parts of the car. They're using those parts and selling them internationally. For what purpose? I don't know. But, you know, it is sad, but, you know, the people weren't hurt or nothing. The owners of the cars are were, were safe, but these 
these vandalism is just ridiculously coming on, and I've seen it on the news, and and I feel bad for them. You know, they have insurances, but they are safe. There were no people hurt or anything like that. But you know, sometimes I think I've heard that some of them, uh, some people are very comfortable in their area sometimes where they just leave the car unlocked. So lessons learned: always lock your car and have full, full coverage insurance and things like that. So it is a bad news, but it's happening. And uh, see, here in Canada, Hank, we have a real large issue with catalytic converters being stolen. Uh, I don't know if you have it happen there, but uh, we get a lot of these stolen uh, literally right from under people's noses in neighborhoods, and they're having to get devices such as these, uh, these belts that lock underneath the car and actually prevent the thief from stealing the catalytic converters. They steal them basically for the copper, right, uh, the, 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 uh, uh-huh. the value. And th- that's a huge, huge problem. Uh, thank God I don't have to worry about that. My, my pickup truck is security yard. Uh, I don't know, if Janet, you've encountered any of that around where you are, or Will, you, you've heard about any of uh, these being stolen. Yeah. Uh, have you guys heard anything of that? 100%. Oh, yeah. It's- it goes on all over the place, you know, and usually it's, it's two people. I've actually, I've heard a lot more recently, of course, with, you know, the increase in security cameras all over the place, people are getting caught, but what a lot of them are doing is they'll pull up in a vehicle. One stays in the vehicle and the other one crawls underneath and he's blocked by, you know, their own vehicle. They crawl underneath, they cut off the, catalytic converter and off they go and they're they're in and out in under five here's the thing here's the thing okay <clears throat> the people that were stealing in calgary and 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 there was there was a uh a group in, in particular it, it was a couple i guess um there was there was always two people do it right um one gets under the vehicle hacks it off and then drives away but uh recently there was a, a huge bus down here, uh, thankfully, because, uh, you, you know, everyone's luck runs out some, at some point. But uh, the estimated uh, amounts that are just taken in Calgary is around between four and 500 in, in, since the beginning of the year. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, the police, the police around here have been saying, you know, get one of the metal engravers and engrave some sort of, identifier on your on your catalytic converter so that when they do catch them you can get it back because it's not cheap we had i know one of our drivers um he parked at the one of our yards down in southern alberta and uh he come back off a run and goes to start his truck and of course no power because that controls all of that right so um and he ended up with the amount of stuff they took off his truck, it was a $12,000 bill to get it repaired. Brand new truck, right? Just crazy. That That is insane. And, you know, part of the, part of, part of the report that I read was, um, you know, many of these cars that were stolen were done by teenagers. Yes. And many of whom are inspired by some of these things that they see on TikTok challenges. Yes. Uh, involving Kia and Hyundai. You know, it, it's, that's one, you know, it's like this is one more thing that social media does to teenagers, you know, committing crimes, 
Correct. Uh, and then the other thing is selling them internationally. So that was the other thing. It's like selling them domestically is one thing, and then another is internationally. Like, well, I'm, you know, you know, know I'm not, that, not that I'm a you know why yeah, they well, do that, right? It's so that they can repair the cars that and vehicles that have already been shipped over that were stolen. <laughs> so that they can be repaired. Yeah. That's why sense. the parts get stolen. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's quite a little uh entrepreneurship and they use that term very loosely. So what, they're not eating cars anymore? <laughs> thing I heard last time. That's that's long gone. There's been many more since then. Maybe we could do a whole topic on that, Janet. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll let you, uh, you you create that one because uh, the last one that I saw was this crazy thing where they were climbing some pyramid and they had some lady cop that was actually doing it and they fell. And, man, did that ever look painful. Um, and uh, it was some balancing act. I don't know if you guys know about it or not, but that's... Uh, that was the last challenge I heard. I mean, I can remember way back when doing the ice bucket challenge. You guys remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. since oh, then yeah. there's been since then there's been the cinnamon challenge, and I don't even know. There's been so many ridiculous ones. That yeah, the it, cayenne pepper, right eating now, the yeah. pepper, right now, ghost peppers. Yeah. As, as it stands, there's a Pacquiao one chip challenge. Oh wow! Never seen that yet. No, and then he. So it's yeah. So like it's it's uh, basically uh, a a giant Dorito chip that's covered in uh, ghost peppers. Yeah, ghost pepper dust. (gasps) They have they have a red one and a blue one. And it costs eighty dollars a chip, I think. Yeah, they're not cheap. Oh my god! Yeah, I've seen. I would never. Those. I would never. I've I've seen them selling for eighty and 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 then like when the website has them I I think you can get them for like forty dollars a chip but man that's that's a hefty price to pay you know that is that is uh, yeah insane uh, how about you with your your uh, your your background Pink you obviously like spicy food probably right I well <laughs> yeah. I I do like I do. <laughs> hey. It's not because I'm Spanish and Filipino, I don't eat spicy food, but <laughs> um, I do like spicy food, but no, that was, that challenge I will never do. I mean, that, okay, if, if you all know what ghost peppers and, you know, Will can probably tell me more about, you know, the history of that, where it comes from, but that is the spiciest thing you probably would ever taste. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've seen a couple of celebrities did this thing on YouTube and they did this one chip. They just one tiny little bite of that chip and it, you just become totally red. No no liquid or nothing you could drink to get that spicy off, you know, spice off your tongue. I mean, it's, you know, but my version of sweet and uh, heat and spice would be something controlled. Like, you know, you put like peppers and stuff like that, but jalapenos, those things, Tabasco, Sriracha, whatever. Yeah. But not something like that. I mean, that is insane. Nope, nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how you can actually enjoy what you're eating with that level of heat. It's not supposed to be you enjoyable. <laughs> Obviously. That's why it's called, it's, it's there. It's, called it's a challenge. challenge. It's there. Right? It's, yeah. Right. Yeah, and it... it, it well, guys. Know, because it's done, it's it burns. Guys, Let's talk about the 10 (laughs) hottest peppers in the world, okay? And let's go into that, actually. 
The world's hottest pepper is constantly changing and evolving forever. It seems every year a new pepper is either created or discovered. So let's come back to check this list, okay? And the hottest peppers, according to, uh, it's called Pepperhead, okay? You can actually check it out. The very, uh, you know what the Scoville uh, scale is, right? Yeah. It, it, it measures the spiciness. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a measure of spiciness, pepper Scoville scale is displayed as peak SHU values. So SHU is a way of quantifying how spicy a pepper is by measuring the concentration of capsidinoids. Okay. Capsican is the chemical responsible for the spicy sensation within a pepper. The number one hottest pepper is called the Carolina Reaper. And it is 2,200,000 SHU. And that's the, the world champion. And, uh, it was, uh, actually officially the world's hottest pepper. It was ranked as the world's hottest in 2013. The Reaper was tested again in 2018 with an even higher SHU, 71,000, uh, higher to be exact. This gives the Reaper the renewed title as the world's hottest. And it was bred for heat and it is within an average SHU of 1,641,000 and peaks at 2.2 million SHU. In other words, it's really freaking hot, okay? Um, and it's 200 times hotter, pink, than a jalapeno. 200 times hotter uh, than a jalapeno. Oh, yeah. No, jalapeno is, compared to that, is a candy. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, okay? Now... It gets it gets uh, even crazier, okay? Because with this insane heat of the Carolina Reaper, it's actually a cross between a Pakistani nega and a red habanero. Oddly enough, this pepper doesn't just have heat, but eventually it actually has fruity flavor to boot. So that melts. Basically, what it means is before you put it on your tongue, it melts your face off. Yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. So, uh, so yes, the Carolina Reaper is one of the hottest. The second one is called the Trinidad Moruga Scorpion, and it's 2009, uh, or 2,9232 SHU. It's straight from the depths of hell. Uh, the Trinidad Scorpion Moruga Blend, aka Moruga Scorpion, is a rare sought after the pepper that was only just recently discovered. It's native to the lands of Moruga in Trinidad and Tobago, and once you take a bite of this formidable pepper, the heat never stops building. This pepper may be lacking the reaper stinger, but don't let that fool you. The Maruga scorpion is every bit as hot as the Carolina reaper. Number three is the seven-pot dugula, and it's 1,853,936 SHU, and it's well-renowned in the pepper community. It's one of the hottest peppers with the best flavor. The seven-pot dugula is the hottest pepper that you can find that isn't red. And the hottest super-hot peppers are traditionally red, by the way, but the dugula defies the odds of being shit brown and scorching hot. So, um, yeah, so that's that one would <laughs> definitely so, uh, fire, fire out of your sphincter. Yeah, I, um, I, I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, the one-chip challenge, that, that chip is actually covered in uh, Carolina Reaper dust. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, number four is called the Seven Pot Primo. 
and it's very distinctive. It's distinctive with this long, skinny tail. The pepper was created by Hulky Cultures Troy Primo, and some peppers cultivators have tried to replicate the Primo look by breeding their own peppers to have a long stinger. When you look at this pepper, you know it's going to be insanely hot. It coincidentally looks strikingly similar to the Carolina Reaper. Number five, appropriately named, is the Trinidad Scorpion Butch Tea. It's one million. 463,700 SHU. The Trinidad Scorpion is a previous Guinness World Record from Australia. It's insanely hot, um, but it's aptly named due to the scorpion stinger found at the tip of the pepper and also the creator, Butch Taylor. The burn from this pepper is unlike any other. Number six, the Nega Viper. 1,349,000 SHU. It was cultivated in the UK. It's a hybrid of many different peppers and years of cross-pollination created this variety of super-hot pepper. It was never fully stabilized before being released, so pod variation is expected. So it's a, we'll call that a, a muty pepper. That's what that is. And here's yours, Pink, the ghost pepper. The ghost pepper is the most famous super-hot due to the amount of press it has received in the, in the past. It exploded in popularity on YouTube where... Uh, other social sites such as Pepperheads ate the whole ghost pepper as part of the ghost pepper challenge, which you guys are talking about. And it's the first pepper to be scientifically tested at over 1 million Scovilles. So uh, those are your, your really na- your major hot peppers. Well, there's one more, and we're still at a million. It's called the Seven Pot Barakpur, and it is one of the hottest of these seven peppers. It's actually comes from the town of Chaguas in Trinidad and Tobago. And many of these super hots come from the region. Uh, same, same as the seven pot red giant. That's another one. And, uh, it's, uh, sitting at a million, uh, a million as well. Then there's the red Savina habanero. It's only half a million. So, you know, you could probably take that with a glass of milk. Uh, back in the early years of super hot, the red Savina habanero was king but it has been since dethroned because many peppers have passed in heat as well. Um, so, yeah, these are very, very, very hot peppers. Uh, honorable mentions will give you the Dragon's Breath at 2,483,584 SHU, and it is claims to be hotter than the Carolina Reaper, but it's not completely tested to find out if it is. And um, then there's the Pepper X at 3 million SHUs, and it is claiming to be as hot, uh, twice as hot as the Carolina Reaper, uh, but it might have more merit. Uh, it's limited information about it, but it's a yellow pepper. And usually yellow peppers are sweet peppers, but apparently this is one of the hottest peppers. So there's your summation on Actually, hot there's a couple peppers. more. There's a couple more to yeah. add to that. Okay. <laughs> the choc- Go ahead, chocolate. Get it. Okay, the Dorset Mega has got 1.5 million. Your Komodo Dragon is 1.4 million. Um, seven Pot Brain Strain, 1.35 million. And these these all made the top 10 in 2023, along with the ones that you mentioned. Okay, so, uh, Janet, um, we are going to uh, talk about a topic tonight that uh, you had in mind. So we'll let you carry on with the trucking aspect of things, as you always do. And then I would like to talk about a uh, very, very serious train derailment in Montana. 
that happened just recently. But uh, carry on, Janet. Uh, let us know what uh, what's on your mind tonight. Data into the AV testing database. Um, 
system is currently voluntary, and it claims to go beyond their program scope. So I'm not quite sure how that works, but because initially when they started this uh, back in 2020, uh, they were saying it was so that they could learn about safety issues and develop policies and procedures around that, right? So on top of that, um, some claim that the voluntary structure of the program prevents it from providing public direct and easy access because this is supposed to be accessible to the public um, in order to make them feel more confident about automated trucks with no drivers driving down the road. So voluntary safety reporting won't be won't help build public trust, acceptance or confidence in the testing and deployment of these vehicles. Difficult to monitor and modify safety regulations if they don't make it mandatory. And NASA says that the EV test initiative is to provide a centralized database of high-level information about the automatic driving system testing activities and state and local laws, recommendations, and initiatives. And they also claim that including safety info um, is outside of the EV testing initiative plan. So initially rolled out in 2020 with nine companies in eight states, um, now they have 19 states and 38 non-state participants. He anticipates um, expanding to include 35 states on local government participants and 40 ADS automatic drive system developers, vehicles, manufacturers, or operator participants per year. The Alliance for Automotive Innovation says that the info information collected as part of the initiative can play a big role in informing policy decisions and to help advance the safe deployment of the AVS, the automatic uh, automated vehicle system. The problem with all of this is um, the complete AVs are not mandatory yet, but any of the vehicles that they're testing with a partially automated system, which has a driver in there, um, which basically covers levels two through five, which I've discussed in previous uh, podcasts. Um, anything that involves a driver is mandatory. They're ordering to have all the information. Yet any of these um, driverless trucks, um, that information is not becoming mandatory. So I'm not sure why they're doing it that way, um, what the difference is. But it doesn't, in my opinion, um, doesn't give you the full picture of everything that's happening, right? It's just, what, it's just another one of those things that just, it's just never, they're never ending. They're, anything that's electronic, I mean, my email, or my email, my e-log is dead. Like, it's completely dead tonight. I'm used to, I'm on paper logs. And, you know, what, it just goes to show that. Sometimes when you mix computers with big rigs, you you get a, a, a you know you, you get a lot of problems. And I, I you know sometimes I'm just at my wit's end when it comes to computer technology and, and sticking them in in trucks because a lot of the stuff just doesn't work. ABS lights they're always on. They always come on. There's a good example, an excellent example. I mean I can't even tell you the last time that I didn't see a trailer ABS on, right? So I mean. 
Yeah, I, I, I it's, it is what it is, and it's just today's world and, and how technology affects uh, the, the transportation industry to the point where sometimes a lot of this stuff isn't good, Janet. Yeah, the issue I'm having is why are they only wanting all the issues that have to do with trucks with drivers that are automated and not the driverless trucks? Like, that's, As, the, issue. that's the issue I right. have. Driverless trucks are supposed to be perfect. <laughs> and you know what? All you got to look at is like all the Tesla cars that have caught on fire yep. that were driverless. That, there's a good example right there. So, yep. so yeah, so that's, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, you know, um, let's just say I, I reserve my comments for now and additional comments, of course. Uh, Take what do you have to say about that? Let's stick you on the spot. You're not from the trucking world, but you uh, you were involved with someone that was trucking before, and you must have heard some things related to that. Uh, no, not really, Brian. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes, I had a <laughs> I had a ex boyfriend who was a truck driver, but he kept me out of all of that, you know, truck stuff. Um, oh, that I, I get it. I would Which... have a hard time understanding. Oh, I get it. He was shifting your gears. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, literally. Yeah. All right. Got it. <laughs> okay, so before we get to Will's topic, something happened last week that I definitely want to, you know, go into. And uh, something right after the podcast happened to you guys. And uh, can you tell our freaks about it? Okay. So after the podcast last week, and Lo and I were sitting down to have a game of chess. And, uh, of course, with it being so hot during the day, I've got everything open at night. Uh, we've got a security screen door on our front door, which is locked. And some guy we notice on our security camera comes, he waltzes down the street, comes back up and walks up our front walk up to the house. And then he's standing at the door and he's digging in his pocket as if he's trying to, and then he reaches for the door handle. I don't know. Uh, Will hollers out to him, hey, well, you know, can we help you? The guy, oh, uh, uh, I'm looking for JD, man. <laughs> and then he took off, and that was the last we saw of him. But, I mean, it was just really creepy. That's, that, 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 that's creepy. Um, yeah. Dog actually strangely happened to dog, my yeah. brother's house, too. Oh, sorry. Our, our dogs didn't even bark. Didn't even go up to the door. <laughs> I have no idea why, but I don't know. Maybe they were just already past that point of the night where they were in bed asleep and didn't want nothing to do with it. I don't know, but it's just weird. Well, that happened, too, with my... It's kind of weird because he, he, that happened to my brother's house, too. My brother, my brother has a camera, security camera at their front door, and um, in the middle of the night, maybe like 1 or 2 in the morning... Um, some white dude um, came up to their front door. Didn't knock, um, but he kind of backed away from the door and then he started talking as if he was talking to someone. And, of course, my brother and my, my sister-in-law were watching this, you know, on the monitor inside the house. They didn't go up to the door and say, can we help you? But it was very strange that, it was something similar, almost exactly the same thing, um, happened to my brother's house. It's like 
what are the co- coincidences where these two scenarios happen almost exactly the same thing? Yeah. Uh, but there were no particular reason why they happened. Exactly. Two different sides of the continent, man. <laughs> uh-huh. It's weird. It's very strange. Like, what, 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 like, he was talking, he was standing there in front of the door talking to someone. We couldn't, they couldn't see who he was talking to. He was just sitting there, cleaning his hands, talking to somebody. And then, you know, they stood there for a few minutes, didn't say nothing, and then walked away. It was someone they didn't know. Like, it's someone that they never seen before. Yeah. It wasn't their neighbor or nothing, some random person. Yeah, I have never seen this guy before. He was clean cut, dressed nice and everything else. Never seen him before in my life. And I've lived in this area for 25 or 26 years now. Didn't recognize him. That's weird. Very weird. You know, I told him, like, just be in the lookout, you know, days after this, this encounter to see if there's some strange things that happen, you know, cars being vandalized or houses being broken in. Things like that. Yeah. So. Okay. I got a story. And I've been broken into a few times in my life. And I think once it happens, you never feel safe again. No. I, I think we can all agree upon that. Yeah. Um, but I had some strange right. things that happened way back when in Edmonton. And uh, I was going out with this gal at this time. We were living together. Uh, she worked at West Edmonton Mall. She worked in the, the water park there by the Spanish, you know, the, the fake Spanish galleon ship. And, uh, this indigenous person was constantly, you know, coming to her store, uh, to buy, you know, things. And it was almost like he was stalking her. And, uh, I'll never forget this as long as I live. Uh, you know, we're, we're in the shower and we're getting busy. And she comes out of the shower and I'm still in the shower. And, you know, she's, she's toweling up, and all of a sudden, in the bathroom door, it opens, and this hand reaches in to grab at her hair and starts pulling at her hair. And she just oh my God. pulls out this blood-curdling scream. Well, I, I open the curtain, and I just dash right out of, out of the bathtub after this guy, stark naked, through, the, through our apartment. It was a three-bedroom apartment. And he, uh, he, he got to the door. And he got out the door, and, uh, you know, I thought that was the end of it. So, the, you know, by the end of the week, it went by, and, you know, we, uh, Friday night, uh, you know, we're laying in bed, and, uh, you know, we, we just basically had uh, laid down, and, and uh, she was sleeping, I was just falling asleep. And then I hear again, I hear this massive scream coming from, uh, the, you know, from her, and I look at the foot of the bed, and this guy's got her lingerie over his head. And he's, like, got something in his hand. It wasn't a knife, that's for sure. But I just darted out of the bed. Again, I wasn't thinking about anything of how I looked. And I ran after this guy to the apartment. And we're on the fourth story. And he dove over the balcony. And, I mean, I don't know how he didn't hurt himself. But, oh, I was cursing and swearing. The whole neighborhood heard me that night. Uh, and... uh you know, it's it's just one of those things that when that happens, you, like you feel so violated, and you never ever, if that ever happens to any anybody on the podcast here or anybody listening, you'll never live that down. You'll never any time that someone tries to do something that's uh, mysterious in your home or your vehicle, then you, you immediately think you're going to get broken into. And this happened to me again. 
years later when I was driving truck and I was in Woodstock, Ontario and I was parked and I had just cooked this amazing meal uh, in my uh, slow cooker. This is why Bry Guy does not use slow cookers in his truck. But uh, what ended up happening is I uh, went to my mom's for supper and I had this, you know, chicken and carrots and potatoes cooking right by the sleeper, you know, like by on the floor. And I got back in the truck, went to bed, and about mid in the mid morning, I started hearing somebody trying to break into my truck. Meanwhile, I had forgotten the, the slow cooker was still plugged in. So I jumped out of bed, and there was my foot right by the slow cooker. And I dumped that thing over my left foot, and I've never felt so much excruciating pain in my entire life. And, uh, you know, obviously the guy had heard me screaming and at the top of my lungs, and he, he, he left. And, uh, yeah, that was those are my th- two break-in stories. So... Uh, Nick, you've never been broken into personally? No. Well, not the house, but my car. Your car? Um, Okay. What happened? My car. But, hang on. But, (laughs) can I just go back to the other, the first story where some some stranger just started grabbing her hair out the window? Yeah, that would have just petrified me. And I would have just like, you know what, I'm moving out of this house. But um, <laughs> that's quite funny and creepy and scary at the same time. But, yes, I've been broken in, not in the house, but in the car. Um, you know, hey, you know, this is kind of interesting because I, you know, talked about car theft and all um, earlier on. But um, I've broken in twice, and um, they didn't take anything except really one strange item in well, I don't keep strange items, but what they took, I found very strange. That that's the only thing they took. What did they take? It was keychain. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I was I drove I drove a Mercedes Benz at the time, and um, that I had a spare um, keychain in my car. I had my valuable shades. I had cash in there. Um, I had my iPad. My iPod, is that what they call it? The, yeah, iPod. Um, they didn't take that, but just, they took just the keychain. The keychain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I had were, changed in there too, but I know when we were living in Northeast Calgary, uh, a lot of cars got broken into, and one you, you just reminded me, my pickup got broken into because uh, I left the one door open. So stupid that was, uh, unlocked, and uh, I remember they were stealing my cassettes at the time because, you know, that was in the cassette era and uh, they were stealing things like sunglasses, uh, just little things to make you annoyed, you know, that you go traveling, you know, in your car with, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, Mm -hmm. as far as money, like there was like coins and stuff, but they never took the coins. But yeah, that was, again, just one of those things where, you know, instant violation, but uh yeah, so that's that's uh, a little bit of t- uh, things on home invasions and break-ins and whatnot. And uh, there's so many of these things happening nowadays. Uh, there, you know, people are preying on the the elderly, and uh, you know, um, unfortunately, it's kind of one of those things with uh, the prices of uh, fuel and food. 
that is probably going to continue to happen, especially in big cities like Calgary or, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what city that you're in, Pink, but if it's a, it's a large city, then you're probably going to experience more of it too with uh, Biden's new America of, of, of how the, the prices of fuel and, and groceries are probably go up there as well, right? Oh, yeah, I, I believe so. You know, that and some other things too. Um, and not just not just these um, auto tests and and and, and break-ins, but um, but also um, um, stuff that's happening at the mall. Um, you know, um, people are also now uh, stealing stealing those. Um, what do they call those things? Those motorized um, um, skate things. I don't know what you call them. The you know the motorized mopeds thing. Oh, the scooters? The scooters? The e-scooters? There you go. Scooters. Right. Scooters. Yeah. They they are now, you know, there is a station at the mall where you can rent them. You know, you pay for them with your credit card and whatnot, and you return them when you're supposed to return them. And now they're they're now being stolen too. You know, they take the they take the they take the tracker because there are trackers in them things, and they take them, and and then you know they they just deactivate them, and they sell all those things. God knows how they sell them, black market or eBay or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just one of many other things that that's happening now. Although you know, in the D.C. area, it's sad to say, you know, with the Biden administration is. But, you know, even in the backyard of White House, these things are happening. So.
topic but i mean i might as well right so it's 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 uh it's extremely ironic how um all this went down um with with the driverless cars and all this other you know uh rhetoric <laughs> it um there's a there, there there's actually a way to um hack a driverless car but we're not gonna go into that um <laughs> right now because uh, i'm not responsible for anything that happens um, <laughs> but just recently <laughs> the, uh the, the u.s department of health and human services um had all of their information leaked so um they're blaming it on on russia of course um i i, I mean i kind of believe it i i i don't know what to say but 
Um, they're hacking into uh, um, the U.S. systems as we speak. Like there, there's so much going on in that world that I just, I, I almost don't even want to do a subject on this this week, but I, I, I kind of have to. So, um, there, there, there were a lot of places uh, that were, they were actually hacked um, in, in the last week here, uh, including but not limited to uh, the U.S. Health Department. Um, there's, uh, campaigns, uh, that, that have been hacked. There's, uh, uh, government websites that are hacked right now. Uh, but the, the, the most notable and important to bring up right now would be the U.S. Health Department. Um, when, when, when all of this gets released, uh, and you can imagine how big the budget is for, you know, <laughs> any government entity, uh, when, when all this information gets released, um, People are probably going to start spending the money on the credit cards that are attached to there. So, um, and I, I, I don't know what, whether this is just <laughs> civilians or if it's uh, uh, government officials too. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the fact that there's more government officials in this attack than there is uh, civilians. They're trying to like take your information and sell it, right? Because each credit card is worth probably. I don't know, give or take $5 a piece on the black market right now if you go to uh, the dark web. Uh, again, not going to teach people how to do that, but, you know.
what's on your mind tonight, Pink? What do you want to talk about? Okay. Uh, thanks, Brian. So this is your girl, Pink. Um, I'm going to discuss two parts uh, with you tonight. Uh, the first part is about uh, the best and worst days for singles um, in the United States. Um, dating sucks everywhere, but some places have it a bit busier. Um, so it's hard being single, um, especially, you know, before, during the pandemic and certainly after the pandemic. Dating is stronger than, stranger than ever. Financial, finances are tougher than ever. Opportunities for fun are at an all-time low. Still, we power on. And while it might be too late to couple up before copying season ends, it's never too early to start uh, boo shopping for next year instead. Of course, where we live might play a role in our romantic success, um, which is why personal finance sites like WalletHub crunch some numbers to figure out which days will, will be the most promising for singles this year. Uh, three main criteria were used to compile the ranking. One, dating opportunities. Two, dating economics. And three, romance and fun. So here's what WalletHub discovered in 2021. Uh, the 10 best states in the U.S. for singles, um, starting with Missouri, number 10, then Michigan, Ohio, California, Illinois, New York, Wisconsin, and in the top three, Pennsylvania, Texas, and the number one, Florida. Uh, they also compiled a list for the 10 worst states for singles in 2021. New Mexico, uh, top 10, West Virginia, North Dakota, Hawaii, Arkansas, Delaware, Kentucky, and the top three were Wyoming, Alaska, and the number one spot, sadly, is in Mississippi. Um, I'm in the D.C. area, and I'm looking at the map. I don't even know where D.C. might fall in that ranking, but I do know Virginia falls in the 2022 spot in the dateability scale. Maryland um, is in the 35 um, spot. If you are in New York, for example, number five. If you are in Illinois, you're in the top six. California, of course, number seven, and Texas is number two. Now, God knows what, why Texas was rated number two in the dateability scale. Um, when you break states down by specific criteria, the, the ranking looks a bit different. For example, Utah, which ranks 17th overall, is the best state in terms of dating economics and mobile dating opportunities, yet it has the lowest share of single adults. New York, which ranked fifth overall, scored highest in the romance and fun category, and second highest for dating opportunities, but it placed last for economics. At the end of the day, singles can find success anywhere, but if you're really desperate after almost a year of pandemic, consider this as a resource. So that's the part one. Um, DC, where I live, um, it's consider, considered a single city. It's considered, it's called a chocolate city. Most people in the DC area are singles, bachelors and bachelorettes. But if you go around, if you look at areas surrounding DC, uh, DMV area, the suburbs, they're the family oriented people, people that have, um, single family homes or townhomes with, with young kids, uh, young couples. It's rare to find, um, 
you know, older couples in, in this area. They're basically, um, you know, uh, young people. Um, but in Canada, for, for Will and uh, Brian and um, Janet, um, were there any, like, what, if you were, if I were to ask, um, you know, for single people, what place or what state or what province do people call, oh, if you are looking to date someone, go over there, go to that city or province? What would that be for you all? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't. Even though I'm single, I honestly have no clue. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? <laughs> and I'm not single, so. But see, for me, per- for me personally, I- I'm not even. The thought of dating just doesn't appeal to me anymore. Um, you know, n- no point in bringing over any PTSD or you know baggage with me. So <laughs> yeah. it's not worth it. You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I honestly, I don't. Yeah. Know. You you brought you brought up a good point. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. That's a lot of people like, you know, for example, people go to Miami. You know, Miami is a hot place, especially during yeah. summer. You know, um, they they go over there to to have fun in the summer, and of course, of course, you know, let's be honest, you know, they want to go down there and do the, you know, do the do. Um, but you know, single people don't always necessarily uh, look at those um, important things about you know health and safety issues, yeah. Yeah. Um, illegal activities, and things like that. Well, of course. So yeah. I mean, maybe the, the younger people there they're looking at it, going, "Ah, it'll never happen." <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, we all, exactly. we all at that age, in 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 the younger dating age. It'll never happen to me, no. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah I think that fifty thousand people. You know, yeah. Go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. I yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm not single either. There's no particular app or place to be. I mean, you meet someone at a bar, you're probably gonna get mm-hmm. someone who parties and has no life at all, except for you know partying and stuff. But I mean, mm-hmm. if if you want to find that person, you gotta quit looking for them, man. It, it, life will do what it wants to do whenever it wants to do it. And if we try to force life, life will, life will push back, and that pushback exactly. is not um, like like for for instance, okay, let's take somebody lonely for for example, and uh, put them with with just somebody the the first person that makes them feel good. They'll probably fall in love, you know, move in together within about three years, you know, they'll they'll, they'll break up. There's going to be this common law thing going on because people really in this day and age don't know don't know what a relationship is supposed to be like. They don't even know what love is supposed to be like. Un- there's a difference between love and unconditional love. Love is 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 a basis based on on lust. Unconditional love is loving somebody no matter what they do. So that's unconditional love. There's no yeah. conditions on that love, right? Yeah. And a lot of people can't yeah. grasp this concept, right? So because they can't grasp the concept, they really don't know how to approach a situation, right? And then whenever they try to, it messes up, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, good point. Really good point. You know, and, and not just any particular city or state in the U.S. And as you said, Will, you know, people don't, single people nowadays don't understand what love is. And and um, sometimes it's love based on 
uh, need sometimes. Um, you know, do you actually do you actually love a, love a woman or a man based on your desire or based on need? Sometimes people like, oh, I love you because I need you and things, as opposed to I love you, I want you. Yeah. Um, and so that could be another topic for another time. But another, I do want to mention this too, um, in the U.S., you know, Las Vegas, Sin City. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And you know where, you know, Vegas is not just for single people, uh, married couples, family, um, whatever, divorce, that's where they go to, you know. Yeah. And um and, and and I'm not surprised that Vegas Vegas was not even on this list of say the top ten of dateability scale because a lot of people go to Vegas for one purpose. <laughs> yes. Or maybe one one or two purposes, not for dating um um purposes. But yeah, people go to Miami for uh one or two purposes, you know, either make money and have sex. Um and, and drugs. So Miami is built with three things, sex, money, and drugs, pretty much. But single people, don't don't think about that. Like just Janet said, you know, it's never going to happen to you. But that's what 50,000 or plus thought the same thing. And then next thing you go home and you've got something that you can get rid of with the bleach. But that's my topic tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Brian? I don't think I'll be using bleach anywhere there soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, not even, yeah, no bleach or nothing of that. All right. Well, that was uh, interesting on dating porch, uh, I guess, our single trucker friends out there. Uh, good insight there, Pink, as well. So...
touch a little bit on Bill C-18, uh, which just got passed in Canada, which, uh, you know, um, this forces uh, mainstream media outlets to stop serving, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, news that's in the United States of America. And there's platforms such as Google, um, there's, there's like Google, Google Places or, or whatever, they are being forced to uh, stop um showing Canadians in particular uh uh news outlets and and stuff so uh what, uh basically what what this means is you, you, like us as Canadians we're we're about to you know uh get put onto social media and not be able to see any of the news uh articles i and and i mean um it, it it's almost like kind of canceling the mainstream media. And yeah, I'm kind of down for that because mainstream media lies a lot. However, um, there's a lot of, th you know, that old adage, like there's, uh, some truth to every lie. Well, um, you, you know, uh, our, uh, without saying too much, uh, our government, our Canadian government is trying to prevent us from seeing things, uh, like, uh, USA, uh, goes to war with Russia or, you know, stuff like that, stuff that doesn't involve Canada at all. And, it, I mean, uh, a lot of the conspiracy theorists, right, they'll be like, yes, you know, they're banning mainstream media, but you don't, they don't realize, like, you guys don't realize that uh, by banning these articles, 
you are literally never going to be informed about anything. And this just, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of disguised to be like a good thing that, that like, oh, yay, we don't get any mainstream media. We can just follow underground media. No, you, you don't understand. Like these media companies are, are, are well, being dropped because uh, they're trying to uh, charge money for uh, people who, who host that content, right? So now we're going to be getting into an age, right, where, you know, where uh, Canada is even more controlled than, you know, they, they used to be. And, you know, all thanks to our, you know, liberal government. Um, I, I've, I've said this once and I'll say it again. I believe uh, the U.S. should take all the red people uh, from Canada and we should take all the blue people from the U.S. Because the blues would benefit us more than the reds, and the reds benefit them more than the blues. I mean, just look at the statistics before Biden was was president, man. You, you didn't have as bad of poverty. There's, you know, there, man, there, there are some really unconstitutional acts that were were passed. But um, one of them being like the the um, silencing of, of of media. So. Um, I I feel like the the, the take home to this would be uh you know I uh don't take for granted what you have before it's gone because just like history itself everything repeats okay to every action is a reaction and we all have to you know realize this and you know just think back um years ago how much control they had you they they and and you know like they they um you know newsflash right? They claim to have ended slavery, which, you know, isn't true. So, you know, stuff like that, you wouldn't see coming into Facebook or anything because, you know, it doesn't involve Canada. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> Any so, um, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I'm a blue, so I would, I would have no problem coming to Canada. Um, <laughs> But what do you do with the independent ones? <laughs> the independent ones are the ones that are like in the middle. Well, it, it, by by definition, independent means that they're not they're not given money by outside sources such as J.P. Morgan and Financial, or you know the Bilderberg Group, or any of those other high end you know um, uh, donators that donate to you know the campaigns and stuff, right? Um, I think people have right. a mis misconception that like independent means like um they're by themselves well they they are by themselves but they they they're literally uh using their own money to uh campaign right uh a lot of them have donors and I I mean it didn't take much for you know Bernie to you know switch to the other side but it is what it is yeah yeah, and you know, um, speaking of this content, you know, like, you know, when OnlyFans um, first started, you know, the the content was different, and then they were tracking down uh, the use of uh, the use of OnlyFans um, platform, and um, most of the content there were kind of very um, in a different lifestyle, right? And so they were tracking down people who were providing content that was in a different lifestyle. And that, the only fan, you know, I, I've known maybe one or two people who made great money, you know, like a lot of money from doing OnlyFans. And when, when they were tracking down people 
that were providing the content, their income, you know, well, basically obliterate. Um, and so they're now kind of finding out other places too. Um, but that's sort of like one of the things about American culture is that, you know, people want to spend their money on places that they want to spend their money to. And one of which is, if it's not football or basketball, it's only things, you know. But, um, so the, <laughs> I don't know what the, what the U.S. regulation is for, for things like that. I'm not really well versed when it came to that, but it definitely did made an impact on, um, economic status for a lot of people, thousands and possibly hundreds of thousands of users. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to, to mention that. Yeah. I don't know if there was a relation to what you talked about, but. Actually, that's, that's kind of related to Will's topic is, uh, how Google joined Meta in blocking news in Canada rather than paying news outlets. I'm sure you guys might have heard about this today. If you haven't, uh, it is kind of, you know, in relation to Will's topic, because uh, Google basically said Thursday it will block news via search and news tools in Canada because of, of exactly that. Yep. Uh, and, um, and, Will, you could probably elaborate more on this. Well, yes, and I, I would love to expose something right now. This might shock the F out of everybody right now. If you want to know how fake the fake news media is, go to crisiscast.com right now, and you can order an actor for, for, for media. But um, a lot of this is, is, is literally censorship, man. Like, um, I mean, they, they call the left wing, right, blue, and the right wing, red, right? And um, uh, right now... Uh, they're 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 battling together. I mean, ironically, in in the world, you you got what gangs? Bloods and Crips, right? One of the most, two of the most famous gangs in the world, right? Think about this. This this shouldn't like. I mean, this should be common sense and logic to everybody, man. This this should be running through their head. When when you got a government that is is teaming up with Google to try to hide uh, any news from you, you you have to really you know. Um, question what their what the next motives are and I, I i mean there's this old adage when you when you hear about something major um check check the world around you right because I, I mean there's probably 10 other things going on that you don't know about and now we're gonna know even less right and and yeah you're, you're right brian um like that, that google uh thing that you were just talking about ties right into this because it's, it's like they, they're they're planning to uh drop these media outlets Right, and it's a question of why now, right? Like, like there's there's only one of two reasons, right? One is to control us, right, and and block us from any outside sources, or you know, um, B to you know start start making money um, on these publishing um, forms. But it like it's it's it, it's so hard to even grasp the fact that like they. They're, they're, they're slowly diminishing our rights and, and it's being accepted by the masses. This is, this is absolutely astonishing and it just goes to show, um, how well, you know, people were educated. You know, if you want to believe what you see on TV, do it. If, if you want the real information, you know, you, you can actually use Google, uh, a thing called Google Dorks to get at the actual documents of things, such as, you know, vaccine documents or whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to get into any of that, but, if, if 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 you really um, care about you know what's going on in the world, you're gonna have to. You, you can't even use Google anymore. 
Um, I'm actually gonna gonna, well, gonna suggest this alternative. It's called DuckDuckGo.com, and it'll still host your media sources. Well, they are saying in C, it's Bill C eighteen, and it yeah. said unfortunately they are going to have to remove links to Canadian news from search news and discover products in Canada, and that makes C eighteen unattainable for us to continue offering our Google News Showcase products. But yet, when they were talking about Meta, the idiot that that, that uh, Zuckerberg, uh, you know, was, were talking about, they said, oh, no, no, we're going to kind of, you know, we're going to do uh, what we're doing. We're going to still give you the fake news and the news that we want to do. But Meta doesn't actually have to uh, conform to that, where Google said, yeah, they will. So isn't that interesting? And then uh, Trudeau previously sounded optimistic that Google would play ball with the government's efforts to oversee negotiations and bargaining between media companies and big tech, according to the CBC. Of course, we know the CBC is a liberal organization to begin with. So uh, and Trudeau says, oh, yeah, things are going good with Google, and this is what's going to happen. But uh, Meta threatened to block news in Australia. In 2021, in response to legislation directing big tech companies to pay, but it ultimately brokered an agreement with the government and didn't resort to a blockade of news online. So they kind of have their own agenda. Uh, I think Zuckerberg's always got his own agenda when it comes to Facebook anyway. But, uh, yeah, this should be very interesting. We are going to get less and less real news, and we're going to get more of the fake news. Well, get 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 this. I'm just going to throw this in real quick. According to a CTV News article that I'm reading right now, Meta, which is Facebook, announced last week it will also be removing news in Canada from its uh, from its Facebook and Instagram platforms before the law is enforced. It's going to become a law now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, talk about control, eh? Free country, yay! <laughs> it doesn't sound free to me, but okay. Yeah. Right. This is this is why people need to research who they vote for. I mean, here in Canada, we can only vote for our local MLAs, which are basically our representatives for our province. We don't get to actually vote for the leader of the country. Um, so yeah, that's that's where our politics differ from the U.S. a bit. Well, yeah, and 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 then like why why transfer over to electronic voting? I mean, it, you just gotta go to YouTube to find to YouTube um how to hack e- electoral votes, and it'll teach yeah. you on YouTube. Like like the 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 whole right. thing is just a I I I I don't know. Some people like Joke. some people, and and some people don't. Right? Like like I find it I find it ironic how Canada is full of it like has a young crazy person right in uh, power, but um you know the the U.S. has an old crazy person in power. And think about this: the United States is is, is not a country nor nor region whatever. It's actually a, a company. It's it's actually the United States Incorporated, and the Prime Minister is the Prime Minister of the Queen. Right, which is why the prime minister has so much power. This is why they're able to tax and 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 do all this stuff. Once you realize this, then 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 you start you know getting into other things. United States Incorporated. Search it up. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe we should all just merge with the United States. Maybe that'll. Hey, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Y'all for that? I am. (laughs) All right. Me too. I think I so. always yeah. I always loved so, it down there better than I ever did up here. Let's all team up, I mean, buy that, a private that island, way, and just live alone by ourselves. You know. Yeah. You know, that way, Pink, you'll <laughs> get you'll get our our health care, and we'll get your dollars. 
So I, I think that's a good trade-off. Okay. That would be well, worth it, yeah. Well, if you guys... Yeah, I mean, I hate living here, but I guess... <laughs> you guys come here and not go over there. <laughs> See, but if, if we were if we were to like if the countries were to actually join forces, um, you'd be able to go anywhere without worry of having to cross the border. <laughs> you just have oh, yeah, to be across. We we would be the biggest superpower. We would we would rival China. I think, honestly, if we join together, if we could somehow get together and, and call it, you know, Canada, Canada, USA, or something like that, I think we would. I think we'd be the biggest superpower. So, good food for thought, uh, guys. He's okay. going to need more than just he was in Canada. He yeah. probably needs brands. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> we, 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 we would call him the Grand Poobah of Canada and the United States. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they wear a water buffalo hat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, yeah.
Okay, so um, in Montana recently, there was a train derailment, and it sent 10 freight cars into the Yellowstone River. I don't know if you guys know about that. And they were carrying molten sulfur and asphalt, which plunged into the river after a Montana rail link train derailed. And what happened is the bridge collapsed. That was just Saturday that this happened. The Montana Department of Environmental Quality uh, tested the water along the waterway treatment facilities in Yellowstone and Stillwater counties on Sunday. The results they found were, so far, no negative impact. The officials were investigating whether the derailment was from the bridge because there had been a lot of rain, and, and take it from me, when I was in Hardin, Montana last week, I was driving through a flooded truck stop. So they had a lot of rain, and they think that the mud, the mud uh, basically uh, weakened the bridge, and uh, the train should not have gone, gone over the bridge. The other theory is the rail was old, the, the rail the tracks were too old for the bridge, and uh, when it went over... Uh, obviously it collapsed as well, but there is no uh, set idea at the moment of why it has happened. But a great deal of the cargo had spread into the river, sadly. Uh, train cars opened by, uh, or operated rather, by Montana Rail Link derailed around 6.45 a.m. as they headed west into Stillwater County. Uh, the county's disaster and emergency uh, service department reported. Apparently two other cars were carrying... Uh, Sodium hydrosulfide, but here's the good part, and this is a good part, neither landed in the water, thankfully. When hot sulfur mixes with uh, water, it actually creates sulfuric acid. I don't know if you guys uh, knew about that from your science class. Uh, Wendy Buckley, president and CEO of Stars Hazmat Consulting, a firm that serves, manufactures, distributes, and carries the hazardous materials. She stated the primary hazarder from was hot asphalt and molten sulfur, and if they are at their high temperatures, that would cause problems. However, apparently this was cooled off. However, if the sulfuric acid was created, it would be extremely diluted by the river, so the long-term effects would be very minimal. I don't know if she's passing the buck here or if this is being set the way it's supposed to be. If the asphalt, the petroleum product, was in a very liquid state when it breached, then it would be more likely to spread and affect the river, Mrs. Buckley said. Ms. Buckley. Officials said that the material was moving slowly, so the environmental effects would likely be very minimal. The derailment happened between Reed Point and Columbus in an area about actually an hour west of Billings, Montana. A video of the scene, if you actually guys Google it, it will show the collapsed bridge with the rail cars peeking above the flowing water. But it was not immediately clear exactly to when the bridge was last constructed or last inspected, rather, uh, based on uh, the, the age of the bridge. So the investigation continues. But what I want to ask you guys, because I have a real hate on for trains. I'll be honest. I, I hate them. Uh, I live in Lacombe. Alberta, Canada, and when I go home, my days off, those freaking things wake me up every time. Those idiots blow their horns so long and so loud that I literally just want to do some really serious things that we won't talk about on the podcast to those engineers. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you guys, I wanted to do a roundtable of what you exactly think of trains, and do you think that they're necessary in today's economy, or like beauty pageants, they should be eliminated. 
Okay, so let's go into a little bit of history first, okay? Um, now, now you, you can Google this up, do, do whatever you want, right? Um, but did you know before railroad tracks were laid on the ground, it was proposed that they'd be put in the air because um, of, of, of um, you know, weather degrading the metal, the, the, the metal and it being uh, less on repairs and stuff. Now, um, think about this, okay? If, if either they were in the air or underground, right, where nothing could touch them, how many oil spills do you think w- would have occurred? And to, to, to add to matters, um, I don't remember the state that uh, the train derailed, but if the trains were all underground instead of all like uh, on top of the ground, do you don't you think that you know the tr- the train that derailed and crashed and uh, let off all those chemical cancerous um, spills? Do you, do you think that that would have happened? No, I I I, I you know. Um, the logic and common sense. When I got taught about this, I got put into uh, putting railroad tracks on the ground. Was just absolutely like if if you understand that there was a decision that was made to put them on the ground as opposed to inside the ground, where you know no spills, no nothing could could you know affect anything. You know there wouldn't there there wouldn't be people killed, right? Um, I mean unless somebody had access to the tunnels, but. I mean, in its entirety, um, I don't like them because I, I, I feel they, they pose a risk to the environment, not just from the spills the, themselves, but the metals leaching into the uh, dirt. It's like, and, and yeah, they, they are very, very loud. Uh, most of them, you know, nowadays carry um, basically any substance or military equipment from A to B. Right, so like, no, I like, I, I, I don't really like trains either. Uh, I, I do know they are a um, valuable source in our society because they, they are uh, used for transportation. However, um, I, I do believe that you know they, they should have been built underground, like you know some have done in the past, and you know it's just like I, I, I don't know, I, I don't agree with 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 what they are right now. I this is being you know I live in the city so um, I don't live near any train tracks or nothing I live in the city and even in the metro the subway system is underground so I have um, I have no comment when it comes to that question Brian I'm sorry <laughs> I do my best sleep listening to a train I'm totally dead to the world when I hear that train go by well I got more things to add first of all. When, the, when you go through the Rocky Mountains and you see this beautiful, pristine valley and you see the mountains and you see the ravines, what do you think's down in those ravines, guys? Trains, cars, train cars that have, have fallen over and the train, you know what the train companies is? Well, oh well, things stay down there. No problem. You know, it's too much. It's too expensive for us. We, we can't, we can't haul those out of the mountains. Bullshit. I think that's garbage. First of all, the trains have been linked to the mafia. That's that's one thing that we will say. Okay, I'm not going to say uh, forget yeah. about it. But anyway, um, that's number one. Number two, okay, they they just seem to be unaccountable. Okay, good example. We have to have diesel exhaust fluid in our trucks. Do you think trains have to have diesel exhaust fluid and they're no. diesel? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, why is that? 
because the trains are a very uh, extreme, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, it's very political. Let's put it that way. Okay, I'm sure the, the train companies probably pour millions, billions of dollars into the governments, okay? They take jobs away from truck drivers. That's another thing I don't like. They take jobs away from truck drivers that can haul things, okay? They don't stop. They don't stop. I say, you know, they, if, if, you got, if you're stuck on a train track, you're, 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 you're toast. Basically, they won't stop, okay? I don't know if it's they can't stop or if they won't stop. They just don't stop. So uh, I think it's mostly they they just can't. I mean, think of can't. yeah, think of the weight behind them. You figure each of those each of those rail cars is you know 130,000 or more pounds. Basically, well, the equivalent a locomotive of a is like what 100 tons or something or, or more than that. I don't know what a, the weight yeah. of a locomotive. I, I, I don't just, know, but I know I know the payload in those trailers in the in the tankers and stuff that are being pulled those you, uh, the, the weight the payload on those are like 130,000 yeah. so almost the equivalent you, of a you remember, weight Janet, of a super B do you remember what happened to Lac Magantique in the uh, town of uh, uh, Quebec July 6, 2013 let me refresh oh, yeah. your, your memory okay an unattended 73 cars okay went through a town and killed 47 people while they were sleeping yeah. Because uh, of, of, of well, what, what would be considered uh, well uh, malfunction, computer malfunction. Okay. Yeah. And, and what is the problem today? The problem is these train companies are not maintaining the tracks properly. Okay. Yeah. And when that happens, of course, things are going to happen. I mean, you're on a track for God's sakes. How do you how do you come off the track? And another thing I really didn't like is a lot of these trains are causing forest fires. And they don't admit it. Yeah, yeah. From the spark. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, a very good, yeah, a very sure. very good one was the one that happened in BC last year, right? Just went through the whole town and just literally burned the whole town up. And yep. they didn't even they did not admit to the to fault. So no, I hate trains. I, I with every bone in my body, I cannot stand trains. And um, they also cause a lot of delays for truck drivers. You ever sat at a, and I'm sure you have, Janet, you sat waiting for a train, it goes one way, and then all of a sudden it decides to go back the other way. Well, that happens Have you ever had Calgary. that happen? That happens here in Calgary all the time on 52nd. Yeah, and they don't care. They don't care that there's, there's vehicles sitting waiting there, but people have appointments and, and all kinds of whatnot. They don't care. And I'll tell you something, another biggest, this is the major pet peeve of mine. I'm driving at night. And these idiots got their high beams on the track. Yes, they're coming out. I have and you, that. That I will agree. That is uh, one of the pet peeves I have when it comes to them. Overall, their lights I mean, are insane. They're bright. They're so bright. Yeah, so, but blind. I mean, overall, overall, they all they run. You got to look at the the conductors of those trains. Basically, no different than truck drivers. They have logbooks. They have to. to they run. Um, they have deadlines they have to meet. They have, you know, it's no different than what we do. So basically, you're no better than the four-wheeler who's complaining about us on the road. Well, yes, yes and no. We don't have we don't have 25 rail cars behind us we or more. Not. I mean, they, 
Okay. Right. We will. We have a fifty-three foot trailer, but those cars are so long. Like some of those chains, like they could be over a hundred cars long, man. Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And they right. get, they seem to be well, longer. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, speaking of speaking of trains, uh, trains. If you have not seen the movie Unstoppable, it came out in twenty ten with Denzel Washington, Chris Pine, and. Oh, that's, that's a great movie. It was a that's train a story. Yeah. Oh, well, if, for those uh, freaks who haven't seen this movie, you should watch it. It's a train movie uh, because of a um, operator error. Literally, um, it was there was this twenty to twenty five car train just you know spiraling out of control um, down into a town, multiple towns with. Uh, potential hazard. Um, so it was just survival um, story. So it was really fascinating movies. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Well, that's a great movie. There, there's a lot of movies with trains that are good, like Runaway Train. The original with John Voight and Rebecca De Mornay is uh, just an amazing movie. If you haven't seen that, that is probably the classic movie. Um, uh, uh, but there's uh, there's a, there's a lot of good movies and there's a lot of sexy movies like the girl on the train thing. Uh, if you haven't heard that one as, as well, but uh, uh, the other one is just recently came out was with with that Brad Pitt called Bullet Train. So uh, I don't know how we got into train movies from here, but oh, that's yeah. okay. We always go off the rails. Pardon the rough pun. Very <laughs> um, I know, that's really, exactly. But there's a lot of great thrillers that take place on a train. Um, why not? Let's just run by them. So just to kind of give an idea. Uh, the one with Liam Neeson on the train, um, where he's, uh, oh, what's that one called now? Oh, where he was trying to find the girl or something? The girl was right. kidnapped? Yeah, yeah, I know which one you're yeah. Can't yeah. think of the yeah. name yeah. of it right now, but I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Well, he's kind of the same character in every one of them, right? You yeah. Know, generally, generally. Uh, there was the Silver Streak. Remember that one? Yeah. That, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's there's one movie. Uh, how about the first great train robbery? There's a good yeah. Western with Sean Connery, right? There's another one. Um, there's the terror train. The slasher was, uh, you know, killing people on the train, you know. Um, runaway train we already talked about. Okay, Under Siege 2. Yep. With Steven Seagal, right? Yeah. Dark Territory. I remember that one as well. Uh, the Kids, The Polar Express. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Yep. There's another one with a train. Okay. Uh, this one's really good. It's it's Jake Gyllenhaal, and he, he gives a groundbreaking performance uh, as a, uh, a captain in the Navy, and it's called Source Code. Have you guys ever seen that one? That one's really, really good. He's always on a train. Um I started watching this series called Snowpiercer, taking from the original movie, and it's uh, it's the movie was great. It's basically this train train can't stop. It's in a post-apocalyptic thriller, and it goes through all uh, these towns and stuff. But it's all frozen. It's completely frozen, and, and they, you have to stay on the train. So um, then there's the original ones as well. Like I said, the girl on the train. Um, that's one of them. So. Uh, yeah, so that's our topic on trains. So, so who else has got a topic here to talk about? We'll get off the trains. Maybe we can get to the planes. Oh, there's a Shanghai Express. That was in 1932, by the way. So, and the lady vanishes. That's 1938. 
So there's another one. Strangers on a Train, 1951. Okay, North by Northwest, 1959. Okay, The Sleeping Car Murders, 1965. Jesus, G.U.G. was here, he'd be wet in his pants by now. Okay, so there we go. <laughs> Well, because Jay likes those classic black and white movies, right? So, Jay, Jay I'm uh-huh. sure Jay was probably born on a train in another life. So, because he loves train movies. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And then there was the, the taking of Pelham 123. That was another great train movie. So, lots of good ones. Oh, okay. The other one is, the other one is Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Right. With right. Kenneth Branagh. Okay. Yeah. So, Janet, I think you have another topic, don't you? Oh, of course I do. I always have another okay. topic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's...
is an endangered species. Thus, killing and or trapping Bigfoot is still illegal under the Washington wildlife laws. Wait, West, does, the, wait does, does, does that mean somebody actually at one point captured Bigfoot? I To make that know. law? Like, like what? I know. This is this is why some of these laws. You just gotta wonder why. The truth is right in front of you. <laughs> why did they have to put some of these laws in? They're crazy. Um, West Virginia. You can't use a ferret to hunt. Anyone who hunts, catches, takes, kills, injures, or pursues a wild animal or bird with a ferret will face fines of no less than a hundred dollars and up to 100 days in jail. In Wisconsin, non-tasty cheese is is a punishable offense, and (laughs) the cheese must be highly pleasing. So I guess that's why Wisconsin is known for its cheese. Go figure. Wyoming, and this is the last one on the list. Sounds pretty cheesy to me. Yeah. (laughs) Wyoming, it's illegal to injure a fish with a firearm but the fire har- firearm doesn't have to be fired in order for illegal. So <laughs> ne- 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 next, next they're gonna tell us that firearms, will, you know, get get up in the morning, walk around, and start, you know, loading themselves <laughs> well, yeah. up, and you well, know, start shooting everywhere. What I'm, what I'm thinking is, some wildlife official come up on some guy who had been fishing, and maybe the stupid fish bit him or something. I don't know, getting him off the line, and he had his his rifle or his, his six-shooter or something with him and just was smacking the crap out of the fish and he got a fine. I'm guessing something like that kind of a scenario, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I wonder if these people that wrote these laws are still alive because clearly these are ridiculous. <laughs> well, these are... Because these are nobody really follows them. You know? Yeah, well, these are... I, I guess kind of similar to the blue laws, you know, I mean, blue laws are um, mainly to do with prohibition. But these are laws that at one time they existed, or these are still on the books. I haven't even gotten into any of the ones that he on the books, because some of those are, like, bizarre, uh, just too bizarre. Right. So, <laughs> but these are ones that still exist on the books today. All of these ones over the last few weeks that I've been talking about, they all still exist on yeah. the books somewhere. I saw one for Virginia. Um, I think when you were talking about this before, I literally had to go to Google and, and find one for Virginia. And, I, and there was one that was like, it's legal to beat your wife yeah. in the courthouse steps, but it has to be done before 8 o'clock in the evening. I was like, what? When? Yeah. And when did this become legal to beat your wife? Well, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, there's just some really bizarre, totally bizarre laws on the books. Courts are all like, we we, we hate you <laughs> if, if you beat your wife when it's not in front of us. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and beat her while but she's there. But if it's done after it's illegal. Uh, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Ridiculous.
All right, so this is Pink again. Uh, this is part two of my topic tonight. Earlier, we talked about uh, the best dates for singles. Um, and part two discusses the states where your marriage won't last. Um, the divorce rate has dropped in the last decade, but so has the marriage rate. Um, although some expert, experts have predicted an increase in divorce rates in 2020 due to the stress of the pandemic, related financial troubles, and lengthy quarantines, the divorce rate across the country has been trending downward during the past 10 years. According to the U.S. Census Bureau's 2019 American Community Survey one-year estimates, in 20, 2009, there were 9.7 new divorces for every 1,000 women 15 years old and older, falling to 7.6 in 2019. But as the divorce rate has dropped nationally, so has the marriage rate. In 2009, there were approximately 17.6 new marriages, new marriages for every 1,000 women 15 years old and older, and... While 2019 saw 16.3 new marriages, some states tend to have higher rates of marriage or divorce than others, though, and, re and regional trends exist as well. Half of the states with the 10th, with the 10 highest marriage rates were in the West, while eight of the 10 states with the lowest marriage rates were in the Northeast. The D.C. area, where I live notably, saw one of the highest marriage rates in 2019, as well as one of the lowest divorce rates um, in the country. So here are the states with highest divorce rates in 2019. So the top five, number one, um, Arkansas, number two, Oklahoma, number three, Nevada, number four, New Mexico, and Kentucky holding the fifth um, fifth spot. This is divorced women per 1,000 married individuals. Um, here are the states with the lowest divorce rates in 2019. Uh, the top five, Maine, being the number one, uh, I'm sorry, being the number five, South Dakota, New York, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. Um, so those are the, those are the marriage, uh, divorces happening in the states, across the states. But my question is, they, they did mention about, you know, um, divorced women per 1,000 married individuals. My question is, why was this <laughs> uh, table or chart um, labeled for women? My question is, my question to the group is, you know, in your opinion, um, uh, what have you seen mostly in divorce rates? Uh, or, or the person that files divorce, is it the man or a woman? You know what? Um, I, I, I'm going to touch a little bit on, on this because I, I just went over this conversation with with one of my uh, one of my dudes that couldn't understand the the the, the meaning of a relationship. This man and a woman fight. You're not supposed to be perfect, right? A lot a lot of marriages, unfortunately, right. end because you know. Um, well, I find, in my opinion, um, <clears throat> they end because people just are, are so quick to give up. They get bored and. You know, they go off and find something else, um, wh whether that's um, pl uh, platonic or otherwise. They, 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 you know, people get bored. Uh, then, you know, boredom starts fights. You know, people are like, well, you know, we're going to fight over 
over what, what was for dinner tonight, and, 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 you know, they stay mad at each other, you know, they go to bed mad, they wake up. It, it changes the whole chemistry, right? People, I, I don't think, like, nowadays people don't understand the, the, the meaning of a true, uh, pure relationship. Um, and and I, 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 I feel like the, the divorce statistics uh, share that same opinion, right? Um, now, I, I, I don't know what it is uh-huh. for everybody. I can't speak on everybody. But in my opinion, uh, what I've seen is people are just so fast to, to give up because they get bored or, you know, because of a simple fight. No, that's, that's a good point, uh, Will, that, you know, something simple could, could lead to something major like divorce. Um, you know, that's why it's important that, you know, when people, um, are in a relationship and before they even, um, pop the question and say, I do in front of the altar, that these quirks and personalities is something that you'd be able to tolerate or accept, um, after you get married. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you are able to tolerate these things in a relationship, why couldn't you tolerate it? While you are married, well, so you, you know, uh, I, I, I like uh, sorry to interject here, but um, I, I, I do find also that like uh, a lot of people put on masks and they don't show them true selves until they're completely comfortable. Statistics will show that anywhere between six months and three years. So, um, like I, I've I've actually seen this for, for myself. I'm not going to say with who. Um, but it, it was someone very close to me. Uh, after, well, in and around the three-year mark is when things started to shift, right? And and I, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know why they're blaming women because men ha- have this, and, 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 and I'm a man, so I'm speaking against myself right now. Men men have this mentality where when they get married to a woman, oh, she's my property, she's, she's, she's this, she's that. Um, I, 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 I did what I had to, to, to get her. And now I, now I don't have to do anything because she's mine. Well, like, like, I also believe that looking at someone as, as property is, is also, a, uh, one of the main culprits of a divorce, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and part of the reason, yeah. part of the reason so many people get, I mean, you guys already touched on it a bit. But part of the reason people get divorced so quickly is that they don't give themselves that opportunity to get to know the person. Like, uh, I mean, I've been married and divorced. I know what mistakes I made in my life. (laughs) You know, I'll be the first to admit I'm not the easy. uh, I'm not always the easiest person to 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 be around. Um, Everybody has has their moments, right? But. You know, when you look at the cost, and I'm not talking just financial cost, the cost of a divorce, especially once there are kids involved, it's just not worth it. You know, if you choose to get married, and I, I had this conversation recently with somebody very close to me, if you choose to get married, make sure it's somebody that you can see being with the rest of your life. Because, I mean, there's emotional toll, financial toll, not just on yourselves as a couple, but family, children, you know, it's just, it's it's not, and, not and, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree with what Will said and what Jenna just said. The other thing, too, that I want to put out is um, when, you know, say, using that scenario that Will used, 
you know, people go straight to divorce. And there were no steps taken to figure out, okay, what happened? What should have happened? What needs to happen? How can we be, how can we fix this situation? You know, people, um, I don't know whether it's younger people, younger couple or older couples default to divorce immediately. I mean, there is such a thing as marriage counseling, those things, and those things don't always work for everyone. Yeah. Well, sometimes it just, it's not meant to be anymore. Well, right? It, it, it happens. I'm, I'm sorry to interject again, but, but one of the, one of the most valuable assets anybody could have in any relationship is hands down self-reflection. If you can do self-reflection, yeah. admit that you're wrong, and then, you know, say, you know, screw it, let's get over this part, let's grow from this, which is what you're supposed to do as a couple, this is why you're called a couple and a team, is because you're supposed to grow as a team. A lot of people don't look at it like that anymore, and it's it, it's very yeah. unfortunate because, like, uh, uh, you know, they, they have a new new school way of thinking, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, right? Yeah, and that that's it exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing, too, uh, Janet mentioned this, you know, having kids makes it a little bit more difficult, uh, the divorce uh, part. But imagine, you know, these young people getting married, uh, you know, younger people, you know, get in a relationship and the woman gets married, I mean, gets pregnant, uh, and then they're forced to get married. Some cultures, for example, yes. in the Spanish culture or the, the Asian culture, some of those cultures forces those young people that now have kids to get married without having enough time to really understand each other, whether they're fit to be married. Yes. Um and so that's one other that's one other factor to this, but um, it is it is quite amazing that even for someone who have been married or for a couple have been married for twenty thirty years and and then after that they get divorced. Like what happened here? You know what I'm saying? Like just like my personal experience, not me. I'm, I've never been married, but my parents who have been married for twenty thirty years got divorced. It's like what happened here? You know, and yet, so and yet there were some, there were some, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Janet. Okay. I have, uh, I mean, I think back to one of my closest friends when I was growing up. Um, her and I were just a matter of a few weeks apart in age. And they moved away uh, probably when she was about 15, 14, 15. And they moved up to northern Alberta or north central Alberta, I guess. And I get a phone call one day, how would you like to come to our wedding on the weekend? And I'm going, you're just turned 18. She goes, yeah, and my husband-to-be is 17. She says, I'm six months pregnant. Well, they have been happily married, have five children. I lost track of the number of grandchildren and great-grandchildren now, but they're still together. And this is almost 40 years later. Wow, you know, yeah. Next yeah. year will be forty. There's years. some, you know, there. Yeah, that's forty years is a lot. Uh, that that is it a is. long time. That is a long time. You know, some some people, uh, some couples really don't understand what marriage is, and some people really see it as a transaction. It's yeah. a legal activity. But well, it is a it's a legal action to get married. Um, yeah. um But but the essence of why you're doing it. You know, some people fail 
to understand that. So if I could have both of you on my video cast, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you both sound like you both sound like very knowledgeable in this area. I've never been married, so I don't have the perspective of being married and divorced. But I also um, appreciate learning and hearing from others who have that experience. And then, you know, I could pass that on to, to well, you know, it's a learning experience for me and anyone that I can come across to and have that knowledge. So thank you so much oh, yeah. for that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to say, like, I, I'm perfect by any means, but um, I have personally learned at, at, at a very young age what... Um, what, what what all this stuff meant and and like as a person when you're soul searching you need to understand yourself and uh what these things mean to you in order to have your own version everyone's version is going to look different than Tom or or Harry's version right so like yeah. it, it it it's whatever uh fits you and I'm a very strong believer in sticking with the flow of life man if 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 the, if, if you fight against the flow of life you will end up suffering in the end. Okay, so I'll, I'll interject here. Uh, of the last word, I've been together with the same woman for 29 years, so we must be doing something right. And uh, the burritos are kicking in, and I know Bandit has to use the, the little bathroom <laughs> outside. So here's the last thing. We'll do some pylon shout-outs, and um, we will uh, end the show. And one more thing. Tomorrow we've got... Brent Derner from uh, formerly of Helix and My Wicked Twin, and we've got a great interview coming up on the eye opener. So uh, stay tuned for that on podcast number thirty nine, our visit number thirty nine next week, where we should have a full panel back as well. So we'll just finish with pylon shoutouts. So who would like to volunteer? I will give a blue pylon to my best friend who kept me up in a good spirit this week. It's been a very rough week, and um, he was able to keep a smile on my face this week. Um, you know, he, he would text me, good morning. He would order me over eats for lunch for work, uh, which was a surprise. Um, and I promise, he, he's a platonic friend. <laughs> Not a romantic friend or nothing, but... Uh, Luke, shout out uh, to him for having a good spirit. <laughs> We're not dating, I promise. We're not dating. Um, but, um, you know, he, he's a good friend of mine for about 25 years now. And um, and um, he was able to keep me up in a good spirit this week. So, good blue pile on for him. Thank you. All right. Good. Okay. So, um, next week we'll be featuring more of our house band Fist, and we have a new theme song coming from GM Blacktop, and uh, his song, uh, you're going to love this, Diesel Kind of Guy, is now going to become our theme song. It's an alternate theme song, which we will be playing next week on visit number 39. Well, one more thing. I'd like to thank my producer, Wing It Will, for doing a stupendous job on editing these uh, podcasts. He does an amazing job with the music and the laugh tracks and whatnot. So uh, keep the good work up, Will, as always. And that's it. Everybody have a great week. You too.